It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. everyone. Welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. I'm Restita and I am joined by my brother in the martial arts and esteemed co-host, Sifu Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how you doing today? Bob. What? <laughs> Bob, what? I'm right here. I know, I said, how you doing today? And then there was nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I said, good. How are you? Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> that is. That is kind. Of, you know, I got something to tell you though. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was teasing somebody about it being so warm down here. Uh-huh. You know what they did? This is a very good friend of mine. They sent me a picture back of of them flipping me the bird. <laughs> Gee, I, I, I wonder who that could have been. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. They just flipped me off. So, I'm going to start off with this way. It was a little overcast today, but it was still 77. Oh, <laughs> dang. <laughs> it was actually beyond freezing today. It was like low 50s, I think. So, it, was, it, it wasn't all that bad. It was like, oh, cool. I don't have to wear a jacket. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, if it gets down to that cold down here, we've got like a shirt on, an overcoat, another shirt on top of that. <laughs> Seriously, you guys are wearing parkas when it gets like 50 degrees, but I don't know. I, mean, I know, because we're I just not used to it. Yeah, exactly, and and which is funny because it's kind of like when I come down there and it's really, really hot, at first I'm not used to it, but then I just absolutely love it. It's like the Filipino in me comes out or something. But Yeah, without <laughs> but the humidity. It, without humidity, exactly. But then again, I haven't been in like – you know, East Coast winter. So, you know, if it gets to be like 20 degrees over here and I'm complaining, all of my friends on the East Coast are like flipping me the bird. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly, because they're working at 20 degrees below zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, still like 20-something feet of snow over there, but, but stay warm over there, East Coasties. So, listeners, later on, after our first segment, me and Sifu Bob are going to be talking about what is a master anyway. We're going to take that question and ponder it for a bit because um, it, it, it's actually a question that I've heard a lot um, from my kids. They'll, they'll, they'll ask me, well, what is a master? And, and I actually have to stop and think and make sure that I, you know, choose my words carefully because – 
you know, I don't want to give my kids the wrong impression of what a master is, right? So, you know, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later and um, how the title, if you want to call it, um, how it affects your practice and how it can affect other people as well. So stay tuned for that. And our phone number here is 347 Six seven seven zero six nine nine. So after six thirty, when we get uh, rolling on that, feel free to call in and join the conversation. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun. Maybe a little bit. Well, okay, maybe a lot controversial. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But with that said, let's uh, get the show rolling. Who do we have for birthdays this week, Bob? Well, we have personal friends and friends of the show. Uh, pretty much I, I've met everybody except the one on the list. First off, mm-hmm. a big fan of the show. His birthday is today, Sifu Douglas Wong. Right, Then we have on. a dear friend of mine, uh, Kelly Harris, her birthday's on tomorrow. Patrick mm-hmm. Kuhn, a uh, practitioner in Kangswondo, his birthday's on the 9th. Larry Ziff. Now, I don't know if you met Larry at uh, Dragon Fest, but he is the father of Matthew Ziff, one of our past guests. Hmm. His birthday is on the 10th. Uh, also, past guest and cousin of my dear, dear friends, uh, Greg Wooldridge. His birth, Derek Bryan, his birthday is also on the 10th. And Master, BJJ Master, Hoist Gracie, his birthday is on the 12th of December. Very cool. Very cool. So for everyone having a birthday, even if we haven't mentioned your name, we know there's more of you out there. Happy birthday, everyone. And this song's for you. We sing happy birthday to you. And may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday. Everybody. I absolutely love that song. That's just a toe tapper. <laughs> Dancing to the morning light. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Happy birthday, everybody. <clears throat> All right. Let's get rolling on forward into our news and announcements for the week. Um, it's it looks like it's gonna be um in well, I don't 
I gotta find my notes. <laughs> looks like it's gonna be here we go. It looks like it's gonna be an interesting week. And next weekend we are going to be broadcasting live from a venue that you're going to be at. So let's tell the listeners where you're gonna be at next week. I am going to be in beautiful San Diego next week for the Battle for Blood tournament. This tournament is going to be hosted by Sidekick Publications at the Town and Country Convention Center at 500 Hotel Circle in San Diego. Their phone numbers are 619-823-8819 or 619-269-7541. You can go to battleforblood.webstarts.com to pre-register. And for pre-registration, one event is $25, two event is $35, three event is $45. And it goes up $5 if you decide to pay at the door. Now, on the 14th, though, they're going to have rooms of seminars all day long. And those are going to include Frank Dukes, Shuni B, Alan Woodman, Paul Tang, and some of these I cannot pronounce. Uh, Nick Palma, one of the original Ninja Turtles, is also going to be there. Cool. It's going to be a great day. Mark Shuey, which I understand had a prior commitment, was supposed to teach a seminar next weekend, but he is self, he is sending a representative to teach his seminar for him. Uh, on the Cade Master Cane system. So it's cool. going to be a really, really uh, good weekend. And then they're going to have uh, the author appreciation dinner on Sunday night from 5 to 8. So I won't be home too late. You know, it's it's a two-hour drive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll get home about 10, 10.30. And uh, uh, th- this is where, you know, Alan, uh, or Sidekick Publications, is going to give thanks to their authors that are coming down that have published books with Sidekick Publications. Plus, they're also going to to thank others that have supported Sidekick, uh, not necessarily financially, but just have been there for them uh, and have Mm -hmm. supported them throughout the three years since uh, Alan Woodman's been back to Japan. So that's going to be an amazing weekend. Yes, it sounds like it's going to be fun, and we're going to be broadcasting live from there. And we are also going to be joined by guest co-host Michelle Manu. I think uh, she said that she was going to be there and help us out for that. I think that's going to be very cool. Oh, that hasn't been confirmed yet? I wasn't sure. I She said she'd be there. She said, quote-unquote, oh, okay. anything... She said, quote, unquote, anything for Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. And I was like, aw. Yeah, that was very show. cool of her to say. That's very yeah, nice. She's going to be there. And we, we are going to have a show from 11 to 1, our normal brunch spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I just realized cool. that it is, it is our normal brunch spot. Um, so next week, folks, next Sunday, we will be airing 11 to 1 p.m. for our Sunday brunch show. It'll be and very fun. Aren't we going to have two Sunday brunches in a row? I oh actually yeah you're right yeah because next I'm 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 looking at like a calendar for January 2015 that doesn't really help me at all that so help yeah you I, all. No. yeah I this you know just the last couple weeks I've I've been like a week off but yeah I just realized that this is the first real weekend of December um, so 
actually we'll have yeah we'll have the 14th and uh, that's the second weekend so it's not technically our our Sunday brunch time you guys so listeners usually our Sunday brunch time is the third Sunday of every month the third Sunday is the 21st so we will have two brunch shows next week 11 to 1 and on the 21st 11 to 1 and that's going to be a really cool show because that's going to be our Christmas show for 2014. Yep, that's going to be our Christmas slash holiday slash New Year's show. And we're going to be talking about all things holiday and uh, discussing what all of you do in your own dojos or guns or dojangs uh, to celebrate the holidays. Or if you celebrate and if you don't celebrate the uh, the traditional religious way, what do you do in the secular way? We want to hear from you on the 21st. It'll be great. And uh, yeah, that that'll be our last show of the year, too. Yep, that'll be our last show. We're going to take a little break. Um, finally. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a we'll take a little break and then we'll be back at it uh January, let's see. Hold on. Did we did we decide whether or not we're taking January 4th off? Oh, well, we can discuss that. Yeah, we can discuss that cuz it's 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 a good like couple days after New Year's. Everyone should be over their hangovers by then. <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay, let's uh, get moving on to the rest of the announcements. Uh, this next announcement comes directly from the Masters Hall of Fame. Now, listeners, did you know that the Masters Hall of Fame now has a YouTube channel? It's the Masters Hall of Fame World News. Yes, and the Masters Hall of Fame World News would like to interview you. Yes, you. If you would like to book an interview, you want to email Michelle Manu, who we were just speaking about, um, and you want to email her at Michelle Manu, M-I-C-H-E-L-L dot Manu at mastershalloffame.org. Now, the uh, uh, Masters, Masters Hall of Fame World News video interview can be of you and anyone else you choose to have with you. Um, You can talk about anything and everything you want to discuss. And if you agree to be a guest, you want to send your reply to Michelle and include in the email topics that you want to discuss and some proposed interview questions that uh, Michelle can follow for your review and approval, okay, because it's going to be Michelle that is hosting the show and will be interviewing you. Uh, also, um, just give her a heads up on what you think you'll be wearing. If you want to wear your traditional martial arts uniform or if you want to be interviewed in, uh, like, dressy casual type of clothing or what have you, um, or if you're if you're a guy, if you want to be wearing a, uh, a shirt and a suit jacket, um, or if you're a woman, if you're going to be wearing a dress, preferably not black, because that's going to kind of interfere with how how the camera sees you. Um, and definitely don't wear stripes, because <laughs> that'll uh, that'll kind of wonky up uh, how the camera sees you. Also, um, also if you'd like. Um, letting Michelle know the colors that you think that you might be wearing, so that way Michelle can possibly match your outfit with her own attire. So pretty cool. Now, all of this is being filmed at a studio at Shuyokan Martial Arts Center 
at 1360 Logan Avenue, Suite 108 in Costa Mesa, California, 92627. And if there are enough interview requests within a metropolitan area, the Masters Hall of Fame World News might be able to travel to you. And this would be based on a number of responses that they receive from the same area. Now, the focus of the Masters Hall of Fame World News um, is to show what our martial arts community has done in the past, present, and the future plans, um, and, as well as the future plans of the Masters Hall of Fame itself. And, um, and we're pretty sure that the viewers would like to know how you, as a martial arts instructor, are still impacting the martial arts community. The interviews will be around 15 minutes to about 45 minutes, and uh, they'll have several afternoon interview slots available and throughout the first quarter of 2015. So if you're interested in being interviewed for Masters Hall of Fame um, World News, email Michelle Manu, and here's her email address again, Michelle Manu, that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot Manu, M-A-N-U, at mastershalloffame.org. And they've already interviewed, I think, four people already. And uh, and there are other openings, so give Michelle a give Michelle a shout out. That'll be cool. <clears throat> I'm trying to I'm trying to remember when I'm gonna be there next year because you know what, Bob, you and I should put in an application to uh, <laughs> to appear on the show. <laughs> I think that would be kind of fun. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> all right. Oh, Bob, you're back. Thank you. <laughs> I was going. She hasn't turned my, I'm sitting here speaking to you, and you Sorry. haven't turned my mic back on. That's because I'm reading on a different page. <laughs> nice. That's true. Nice. Uh, yeah. No, that's already been done. Michelle already knows, and and it was her suggestion that we do one. Okay. Uh, you know, we were going to do one in in March, but that event was canceled for you to come down. Right. Uh, probably... I would say probably the, the the next Masters, which is in like July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or June. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds that sounds good. Easy, easy, easy. All right. Very cool. So that's it for the Masters Hall of Fame World News. Um, and do you have any other shout outs there, Bob? Nope. That's it. All right. Let's move on to the health and fitness news bit. All right. This is about exercise trends. Now, in the past few weeks, we've discussed all sorts of exercise trends like Pilates and Zumba and and uh, CrossFit and uh, a lot of CrossFit. And out of all of these exercise trends, there is one method of exercise that is considered the superstar of them all. And y'all want to know what it is? It's walking. Walking, that's it, walking, one foot in front of the other. That is considered the superstar of all the exercises. Now, walking might never be as trendy as CrossFit, as sexy as the mud runs, or ego-boosting as Ironman races, but for fitness experts who stress daily movement over workouts and active lifestyle over weekends of Warrior Games, walking is a superstar. Now, Leslie Sansoni, the creator of the Walk at Home Mix and Match Walk Blasters DVD, uh, says that too many people believe that spending grueling hours at the gym is the only way to fitness. 
she says, there's this biggest loser, quote unquote, idea out there that if you're not throwing up and crying, that you're not getting fit, referring to the popular television weight loss show. Now, for author and scientist Katie Bowman, walking is a biological imperative like eating. In her book, Move Your DNA, Restore Your Health Through Natural Movement, she she suggests that there are movement nutrients, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> that that there are movement nutrients just like dietary nutrients that the body needs. Katie says, walking is a superfood, quote unquote. It's the defining movement of a human. Uh, a bio, I can't even say this, I said it wrong, biomechanist, bleh, it just sounded wrong for some reason. It It's right, but it sounded wrong. A biomechanist based in Ventura, California, that's what uh, Katie Bowman is, she says that it's a lot easier to get movement than it is to get exercise. Now, think about that for a second, folks. You know, I mean, if you think in terms about going to a CrossFit box or something like that and, you know, doing all your stuff and, you know, trying to uh, meet your workout of the day or whatever, you know, if you stress out trying to make those workouts, you know, some people are like, it's all or nothing. I'm going to do it or I'm just not going to. And if if you find yourself in that type of all or nothing mentality, you're just going to lose any gains that you made, right? Now, um, she says, Katie Bowman says that researches, researches, I, I'm really having a hard time. What the hell? <laughs> What do researchers say? <laughs> they say that emerging evidence suggests that combined physical activity and inactivity may be more important for chronic disease risk than physical activity alone. Hmm. <laughs> now, that's interesting. Yeah, I know. Now, Katie Bowman says, actively sedentary is actually a new category of people. <laughs> actively sedentary (laughs) it's a new category of people who are fit for one hour but sitting around the rest of the day you can't offset 10 hours of stillness with one hour of exercise bowman adds that a small study of non-obese men published in the journal medicine and science in sports and exercise by scientists at indiana university suggests that three yeah what was that all about? What, what's going on over there, Bob? <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm going to uh, mute my mic until they go away. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to where we were. Um, a small study of non-obese men published in the Journal of uh, Journal Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise by scientists at Indiana University suggests that three five-minute walks done throughout three hours of prolonged sitting actually reverses the harmful effects of prolonged sitting on arteries in the legs. Three miles per hour is a good beginning, gradually working up to four miles per hour, she said, about walking. Dr. Carol Ewing-Garber, president of the American College of Sports Medicine, notes that fitness walking guidelines of 10,000 steps per day may actually be too much for many. About 7,500 steps is more accurate, she says, adding that the current ACSM, that's the American College of uh, Sports Medicine, 
Um, ACSM recommendations call for at least 150 minutes of activity each week. Garber, a a professor of movement sciences at Columbia University in New York, said that research suggests that even one bout of exercise causes beneficial physiological effects. But she concedes that walking does not do everything. It is less beneficial for the bones than running, and for strength, well, it's better to lift weights. However, she says, if you're going to pick just one thing, the research says it should be walking. All right, and that was it for the health and fitness news bit. Yay, walking. So get out there and walk, you guys. You don't have to work out until you puke. <laughs> there, yeah, no pain, no gain? Yeah, yeah. leave that at the door, folks. <laughs> Just get out well, there and move. And have you ever seen The Biggest Loser? The 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 series, you mean? TV show? I, yeah. Yeah, I saw it once. And I thought, oh, my God, that, that, that chick yells at people more than any of my instructors ever did. <laughs> right. And, and Bob's like the nice kind. Those people are almost killing themselves. You know they have to have a doctor on set. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the episode that I saw was this guy that was like almost 500 pounds. And he's walking. And uh, what is her name? I want to say uh, Jillian. Jillian, Jillian yeah. yeah. Jillian was like screaming at him because he was he was at it for about 15 minutes, which is the longest he's ever walked. The, the, the man is tired. The man is exhausted, right? And she's yelling in his ear and stuff like that, and, and it made him do it. But I was like, oh, my God, if this guy drops from a heart attack, then what? You know? It was, exactly. Now, you know, they was, say recommended, they say, Two to four pounds per week, usually two to three. These mm-hmm. people are dropping sixteen to thirty a week. Yeah, that's not healthy. I mean, granted, a lot of it is water weight, but if you're going to lose that kind of pounds, um, you know. And I think we talked to when we talked to personal trainer Marina Kosenko a few months ago. She said the same thing. If you're going to drop that kind of pounds, you're losing nutrition somewhere. Somewhere in your body, something is starving. And and in the long run, that's not good. And the thing is, though, is that, you know, a good majority of the people that lose that many pounds, unless they have that sense of self-discipline, I mean, and to to keep that sense of uber self-discipline, they're just going to gain it back. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to pick a coach, folks, pick a great coach, one that is willing to be with you throughout throughout your – through the first part of your weight loss training, but as uh, Marina Kosenko pointed out a few months ago, um, according to her, her dream is to work with you and to know that you know what's going on so you can work for yourself. That's her dream. Um, when, she, when she knows you can do that, she knows she's done her job. But if you're dependent on her, then you're not going to make any progress on your own. So find a good trainer, you guys. All right. That was it for my health and fitness. Let's move on to Bob. Weird news. What do we got for weird news there, Bob? Well, this is up in your neck of the woods. Tacoma, my Washington. Mm-hmm. A Washington state man is accused. Now, get this. He's accused hmm. of swapping furniture with his neighbors while they were, while they were away. They're on vacation or something. <laughs> That's crazy. 
the News Tribune reports the Lakewood man and a friend who is accused of helping him pleaded not guilty Wednesday to the charges of residential burglary. Court papers say a couple who returned to their apartment Monday found their love seat, matching chair, and other belongings gone. A oh recliner God. and a TV stand were left in their place. Information on a traffic ticket and pizza receipt pointed to the neighbor. The man told police he thought the couple had moved and abandoned their furniture. Police uh-huh. say he told them he was drunk when he decided to switch furnishings, called his buddy for help. <laughs> <laughs> And the buddy agreed. Maybe he was drunk too. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's just crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you get, leave it to people that live in Lakewood, in that area right. of Tacoma. Oh my gosh. All right, let's move on to your entertainment news. Okay, this is an ongoing investigation into Bill Cosby. The oh, LAPD no. <laughs> investigation, yeah, it's just ongoing. I mean, this guy was gosh was was the ultimate father. Everybody looked up to him. And back in the nineties, when he was doing Jero and Kodak plus the Cosby yeah. show, that mm-hmm. that man was making a hundred and forty-four million dollars a year. That's right. <laughs> No one in the world should be allowed to make that kind of money. <laughs> Sorry, he was just, that's stupid yeah, money, right? Yeah, <laughs> talking about yeah, Jello. Talking about Jello. Talking about Jello and cameras. Yeah. Uh, and how not to beat your children. But anyway, yeah. the, the LA, LAPD investigation into alleged, alleged sexual assault at the Playboy Mansion by Bill Cosby is less than a day old. The cops already have their sights set on Hugh Hefner's estate for criminal evidence. And, of course, you saw the Playboy Mansion when you were out here. We we took one of those Hollywood tours, and they drove past it. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ the first thing they need to determine is whether Cosby and his accuser, who was 15 at the time, were even at the mansion. As mm-hmm. TMZ first reported, Judy Huth and her lawyer, lawyer oh, this, this chick, gets to me. I'm sorry. She used to live in Burbank, and now I'm ashamed to live here sometimes. Gloria Allred went to the LAPD Friday afternoon and filed a police report. As as TMZ previously reported, the LAPD will investigate, even though it's pretty clear the statute of limitations has long ago run out. The alleged incident occurred in 1974. Wow. This woman is coming out 40 years later. Mm-hmm. Now the girl is 55 years old. Oh, man. How ridiculous <laughs> is this? Yeah, uh, isn't there like of, something about the statute of limitations? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, they're saying it's run out, but they're still investigating it. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's, 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 their sources say detectives are, hope, are hoping Hefner's people will be helpful but it's unclear how much can be documented right. from an event that went down four decades ago. Mm-hmm. Cosby says Huth is a liar who unsuccessfully tried selling her story to the tabloids 10 years ago. 
Cosby's wow. lawyers also say uh, her claim that she and Cosby played a beer game is absurd because Cosby is a long is a lifelong non-drinker. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm keeping neutral on this because you know I do believe that there are like gold diggers in the world and stuff, and some people will just sue people just for the money. But I, you know, I really don't know where to stand on this. I mean, you know, only you know, they only Bill knows Charlie what's going on. She's gone through it. Other people with a lot of money, they'll say, you know, how Charlie Sheen is, a womanizer, a yeah. drug addict, and all this stuff. And people say, oh, yeah, he was a womanizer. He he had sex with me. I'm I'm carrying his baby. You know that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. a guy who's always got to buy. Even when he came out and said he spent $50,000 on prostitutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't get cared. it. Nobody cared. Now, yeah. if somebody else like Cosby come out and say that, his career would be done. Charlie Sheen's career got bigger. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't understand how that works. Oh, now speaking of legal, our uh, resident legal advisor Michelle Manu just texted me, and she goes, "Legal speak, <laughs> statute of limitations, or uh, or SOL means statute of limitations, but it also means shit out of luck." <laughs> 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 uh, <okay. laughs> wow, so so the, the SOL is good two ways here, right? That's right. So the limitations has run out, and she's also shit out of luck for money. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, you, you know, well, I guess only Bill Cosby knows what's really going on. You know what I mean? He's if he if something did happen and he's lying about it, then he has to deal with that. Um, oh, yeah, and, and he, my, my thing was. What was a 15-year-old doing uh, uh, at, at the, the Playboy, Playboy Mansion? I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. You know, back then, when what year was that again? When she 74. Was 74. Back then, you know, I really don't think they, they let in, like, under 18 people at the Playboy Mansion, did they? I, You know, I don't know. Only half does. I don't half know. Does. Yeah, that's that's weird. And if they did, that's just disgusting. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> anyhow, let's uh, go ahead and take a short break. It's um, it's about 6.30 Pacific time. And after we get back, everybody, we're going to start our discussion on just what is a martial arts master anyway. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after that. Not after that. <laughs> hey, MMA yeah. fighter Jason Mayhem Miller here. School bullying and cyberbullying statistics are increasingly viewed as an important contributor to youth violence, including homicide and suicide. Let's kick bullying together. Go to we'rekickingit.com. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics, or RAD. Please don't drink and drive, and don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Guru Rocky Twitchell of Citrus Heights, California, and you are listening to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. 
Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live Live United. United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Well, welcome back, everyone. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Um, or if you don't want to call us live, which you should because it's more fun, um, you can also use our chat board on our Blog Talk Radio show marquee on blogtalkradio.com. Just scroll down underneath this show's marquee. You'll find a chat board, and you can sign in, you can sign in via Facebook, or you can just... Uh, sign in as yourself and a lot of times if you just sign in without Facebook they just give you a number like guest number zero zero eight nine ten fourteen whatever right so give us a call now our topic today is just what is a master anyway and uh, since me and Sifu Bob come from a martial arts background everyone would assume that it it applies to martial arts. However, it can go a little it can go a little more than that, folks. So with with that said, um let's take a gander at what defines a master or a grandmaster, okay? Now, Black Belt Magazine says, despite the long history of martial arts, there are only a few martial arts masters, quote unquote. Traditionally, In Eastern culture, a master is a person who founds a style or is the individual appointed by the master himself or herself to continue on the lineage. In Western culture, however, a master is traditionally a person who devotes his or whole life to the craft and who reaches a level of excellence that surpasses the average practitioner. In both cultures, masters have rarely considered themselves to be masters. Instead, they are designated as masters by their peers. Now, I completely agree with this definition of of master, quote-unquote, as Black Belt Magazine puts it. So what are your thoughts on that, Bob? Anything you want to add or comment on well, regarding you know, that? Well, it's funny. I've, I've, I've never really been into the whole master hype uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel there's always room for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Don Baird down here, a very well-renowned martial arts practitioner, says he never called himself master. It was his students that said, you are now grandmaster or premier grandmaster, which there, and he admits it, there is no such thing as premier grandmaster. Yeah. Because <laughs> doesn't the word grandmaster already pretty much say 
premiere. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, my thoughts on that, though, about the premiere grandmaster thing is that, you know, I think it's funny, not funny, haha, but I think it's funny that, you know, terms like premiere grandmaster have to be made because there are so many grandmasters. You see what I'm saying? I I think it's I think it's weird like that, but you know to to each their own, and I guess to to each art their own. So I don't know. And I true. I well, you, you look at somebody like Bill Wallace who was discussing with us, and he said back in the day there was no such thing as master grandmaster. It was sensei. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Same in the Philippines. There was just guru or maestro, maestra. You know, uh, whatever you were, uh, whatever you were called, um, there was no like, you know, Uber premier, anything like that. Um, however, you know, with that in mind, you know, I do, um, I do want to talk a little bit about Doce Pares because there are a number of grandmasters in in the Kakoi Doce Pares system that were given the title specifically and personally by Grandmaster Kakoi Kenyatte himself. And um, this happened, oh gosh, some years ago. Um, you know, he was uh, he was ill and uh, you know not feeling very well, and he decided to, you know, search the globe for the top students that would be considered, you know, grandmaster rank and have act- and have actually proved themselves um, in the fighting ring. Um, now, unlike, you know arts that will say, okay, you're a grandmaster because you've been doing this for so long, in order to get that title, you actually have to prove yourself. You have to prove you can fight, basically, um, against right. other people that can fight with a stick <laughs> or a knife, you know, that kind of thing. And I must say that the people that he handpicked, I completely agree with. Um, now, because he promoted these people to grandmaster himself, because he's got this He's got the the right to do so, being the founder of that particular branch of Dos Epares, you know, there had to have been a different title for him when people are referring to him. So that's why we call him Supreme Grandmaster or just SGM. But if you, you know, normally if we're just there in class with him, we just call him Grandmaster, period. But for the general public to separate him from the other masters and grandmasters, people call him supreme grandmaster. But, you know, is that wrong? I, I don't think it is because, you know, he has he himself, Kakoi Kenyatte, has proven himself in battle. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but his, and, his a little different, though. His battle was life or death. Exactly, exactly. He's proven himself. So, you know, that's that's where he gets a free pass, where I say it's all good that he promotes people to Grandmaster and makes them prove their worth with for that title. Because when he's gone, you know, I mean, the man is like in his 90s. I mean, when he's gone, who's going to take who's going to take on the lineage and keep it spreading throughout? It's going to be, you know, the grandmasters in Australia. It's going to be the grandmasters in California and the Midwest and on the East Coast. It's it's going to be the people out in Europe. You know what I mean? Those are the people that are going to keep it going. Um, we don't know how much longer grandmaster is going to be around. And 
you know, in Grandmaster Kenyette's case, he is a master according to the Black Belt Magazine definition. He founded that particular branch of Dos Epares, you know, so technically he is a master, quote unquote. But nowadays, um, if you reach the rank of six degree Black Belt, um, you are eligible for the title of master, but Grandmaster Kenyette has to give it to you. It is not an automatic thing. So you can be a six degree for like years and years and years, but, you know, unless he gives you that title, you don't get to use it. So, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, you know, I, we want to hear from our our listeners out there. So what's your take on that? Do you think a master should be only the person that founds a style or is the the head of a particular system as passed down through the generations? Or should a master be defined as someone who has spent decades in their craft and practicing and training and continuing to improve on themselves? So uh, let us know your thoughts on that. So... Uh, now, here's a question, speaking of the master title. Here's a question that was asked to me um, a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. Um, someone asked me, so does the term master only apply to traditional martial arts? Now, another thing that Black Belt Magazine says, in the changing landscape of martial arts, Many civilians and practitioners are looking to the martial arts more for fitness, sports, combat training, self-defense training, and physical discipline. However, many martial arts were initially based on traditional values of self-awareness, character development, and spiritual and philosophical cultivation. Traditional martial arts practitioners observe all of the above. So for the most part, traditional martial artists adhere to the original training methods, skill sets, and techniques as outlined by the founders of their particular style of martial arts. They also try to live by a moral code of conduct like that observed by their predecessors. So um, so the question here is, is, you know, does the term master only apply to traditional arts? So what what are your thoughts on that first there Bob? Do you think that it can apply to modern arts as well or or what? You know, I I don't think they've taken it that far. Mm-hmm. Uh I I I just don't think so. I think it strictly applies at this point in time to the traditional uh martial arts. And mm-hmm. mostly the 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 Japanese, because when you're talking Chinese, they're, they still call the head instructor Sifu. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And and on on my take, um, well, actually, you know, we have a Skype caller. And Skype caller, hold on. We're going to get to your call in just a sec, okay? So hang tight, Skype caller. Um, me, personally, I think, you know, when it comes to the to the word, master the description of it i guess i think there's a difference between a type of like like the standard requirement or traditional norm for the title so i think there's a difference between that the traditional normal requirements for the title and an individual's discipline of self mastery 
right? So, you know, if someone thinks that a master is, you know, is is can only be a master if they follow this standardized requirement, okay, then then we're limited to, you know, most likely traditional arts, right? Because those traditions and mores have have been passed down for so many generations. Um, however, if now if we're talking about the individual themselves, you know, if we, you know, are we talking, you know, is this person taking the time to really cultivate their own personal philosophy of their practice and in their martial arts, you know? Uh, I'm a firm believer that we all have the potential to be a master, quote-unquote, you know, but here's the thing, though. But if you add an organizational element to it, you know, if you become a master, you know, named by, like, let's say, under some organization or something, right? Once you add an organizational element into it, then guess what? You get politics. Who is higher ranked than whom? Who deserves to speak and who doesn't? You know, who to kowtow to or kowtow to me type attitudes. That's when that comes out. And uh, that's going to actually be a, a whole other topic of discussion here later on. <laughs> but let's go, let's go ahead and get to our Skype caller. Skype caller, who are we speaking with? Skype caller. Someone calling on Skype? One 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 one. Hello, hi you're on. <laughs> hi you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? There's someone that's listening that pressed the number one button and you're on the caller queue and here you are. You're live on the air. Skype caller. Well, this isn't Skype, so I don't think it's me. Oh, oh, it is oh, you. It is okay. It is you. It just it just on my on my control board it pops up as Skype. Who are we speaking with? Uh, Jeff Finder. Oh, hi. How you doing? Doing okay. Good. Um, Sorry, Guru. Sorry, Guru Jeff. I was like, who's one 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 one? Who is this? <laughs> I'm calling on my cell phone. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Because normally, normally, you know, if people call on their cell phone or what have you, it, it, you know, it pops up their number and stuff. We just got one, 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 one. But welcome to Dynamic Dojo. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, just so- on Facebook, and uh, I call it. So my favorite definition um, is certainly not one that Black Belt listed. Uh, it's an anonymous quote: "A master mm-hmm. is a master because no outer appearance can disturb his inner peace." And I would would have to wonder how many martial art masters actually uh, can live up to that standard. That is a high one, and that's a great quote. Let's see if I can remember it. A martial arts master is someone whose outer appearance can disturb the inner... I missed it. (laughs) 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 Martial art masters, if you let them... This was a master is a master because no outer appearance can disturb his inner peace. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that 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 is that is a nice one and and you're right. That that is a high standard where nobody else's outer appearance can disturb their inner peace because one of the reasons why Bob and I wanted to talk about this kind of subject is because 
of, you know, people and organizations all over the world having their inner peace all jumbled up by other people. (laughs) Now, the gentleman you were speaking with earlier, I guess, was, um, he mentioned, like, you know, in the Chinese martial arts, they just refer to, you know, Sifu, Shibu. But um, I actually, you know, been around quite a few of the high-ranking people in San Francisco Chinatown, and they definitely, you know, there are definitely people that go by master and grandmaster there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I had one interesting story. I had a, a visitor who is um, overseas Chinese, a good martial artist, came and, uh, you know, um, kind of toured the Bay Area and worked out with us for a while. And I took him to meet one of the uh, famous instructors over in San Francisco that he'd heard about from uh, mm-hmm. all the way from over in Asia. And um, the, the gentleman that we went to see, I'm not going to name names, uh, he's, he's certainly one of the very best uh, there. Um, he, he played around a little bit and um, demonstrated, you know, some of his techniques. Uh, I got to be a guinea pig. And after we left, the other fellow said, you know, in Chinese martial arts, we're always led to expect that high attainment in the art uh, also means a high level of spiritual growth and attainment. And mm-hmm. after meeting this gentleman, I can see that that is not necessarily true. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and, and the grandmaster in question, I mean, he's been teaching for a very long time. He's world famous. There's His qualifications as a martial artist are absolutely beyond reproach. The guy loves to fight, and he's a little bit of a ruffian. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as martial arts qualifications go, um, there's no question, but he is at the very top of the game. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, you know, as you were saying, you know, a lot of it in the arts comes down to the political element. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are different ways. There's been a lot of discussion, particularly in the FMA community, um, a lot of debate about who's qualified to be a master or a grandmaster. Right. There are three ways generally that um, such rank seems to be recognized. One is you can be the founder of a system that's recognized mm-hmm. by your peers. Another would be that you're the inheritor of a family system. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third one would be a promotion by your peers. Mm-hmm. And that would maybe more akin to, you know, just um, what you were saying earlier about um, general recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, I just, I, I go by guru, you know, um, mm-hmm. in, in mine. But, um a few years back, people started saying, you know, Master Jeff, and it was kind of embarrassing for a while. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is after a bit, you know, first of all, correcting them is more embarrassing to them than probably to me. But yeah. um, it, it, it's kind of like recognition that, you know, that um, you've been around long enough that you've made contributions to the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on that basis, you know, if, if people are going to, you know, throw a title at me like that, it's um, um, I'll thank them for it or say nothing. I don't want to argue and embarrass them. But there's so much ego involved in martial arts. Um, right. There are people with no title who perhaps are more proficient than other folks walking around, you know, with fancy uniforms and titles. Mm-hmm. And so it really, I think it really comes down um, ultimately to, um, I don't know, ultimately what people are willing to, 
um, give in terms of respect, whether mm-hmm. or not someone master or or whatever title they want to give them. Mm-hmm. If that makes any. It does. It does. Because, um, like you know, like you said, you know that there are probably you know people out there that don't have a title that are technically more. What's the word I'm looking for? That are technically more skilled and probably more uh, emotionally, yeah. emotionally uh, grounded. Let's just say. I was looking for a I was looking for a nice way of saying it because <laughs> I didn't want to say anything like egotistical bastard or anything. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I I did my training in Filipino arts. I, I went out to Stockton and trained under uh, Angel Cabalas, mm-hmm. and you know, you, and and he didn't used to go by Grandmaster, and then people started calling him that, and you know, he's someone that I think would pretty much unquestionably live up to that kind of a title. But um, many people that I met out in Stockton that perhaps never got certified as instructors under him, but mm-hmm. were amazing as martial artists, very, very good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, who is it? So Anthony Davis, many, many years ago, um, was telling, talking about this and pointing out that, you know, anyone who's at the top of the pyramid, there's many layers underneath that support mm-hmm. the person at the top. And, um, you know, very often I think that there are people who go unrecognized, but without that kind of a ground-level support, there is no top of a pyramid. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so, you know, I mean, if you, if you were just going to have an encounter on the street, you know, you have no idea what somebody's title or rank is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, many years ago, I think back early 80s, I was in, uh, walking around Toronto and I saw a martial arts supply store. So I wandered in there just to check the place out. Some gentleman walked in there, and he'd obviously been in a fight. He was a, he was a large guy. I mean, he was probably about mm-hmm. 6'4", 250 pounds. And... Um, he had some pretty pretty nasty bruises on his face, and he and the uh, owner of the store knew each other. And this guy apparently owned one of the local dojos there. And he was like, I think he was a fifth degree. And the owner said, what happened? He says, oh, I ran into some little guy in Chinatown last night. Because I don't know what he knew, but he certainly showed me. And uh, huh. I thought that was interesting. It was just someone out of the blue. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, it, and that's true. You know, the the I like that analogy about the pyramid, don't you, Bob? I I think that's just like that's that's genius. I, I like that because it, it's oh, true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's true. Do you, Do you have any um, uh, thoughts on on that too, Bob? Not necessarily the pyramid, but the whole master thing definition and who does no, what. No, I, I think he's he's pretty pretty spot on and. You were right about emotional grounding because we've met some some people who actually give themselves the title of grandmaster or master <laughs> that have the emotions and the the ethics of a five year old. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I call it the uh the well the the self entitled you know attitude where you know they expect people to kowtow. You know, do you know who I am? No, no, I don't. 
<laughs> you know, am I supposed to know who you That's are? Right. Skills to, you know, to go along with that kind of a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and back in the old days, remember there used to be people who would go dojo busting. Mm-hmm. Uh, go around mm-hmm. and, you know, just and that's that's pretty much an egotistical kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of what most people expect when they get into martial arts, um, you know, people get into it for health, or they want to do sports, or they want to learn self defense. I think those are the three main reasons that people get into it. Mm-hmm. But when I look goes on, you know, I always say that people don't get into martial arts, at least most people, don't get into it because they want to be, you know, um, kissing up to somebody. They don't want to be somebody's emotional or personal slave. Um, To me, Mm -hmm. um, martial arts is really an expression of freedom that you want to become a stronger and more independent person who can uh, take care of themselves and function in the world without, you know, as much fear, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then you get people who, you know, um, you know, have cult-like organizations. Right. And uh, if you want to, you know, be a part of, you know, if you want to be a student there, if you want to be part of, like, their inner circle, um, you pretty much have to surrender, you know, your own um, personality mm-hmm. um, to that of the group. And to me, that's a bastardization of the art. Um, right. And unfortunately, there's more of that than, uh, you know, than I'd like to see. I think the first school I went to had that kind of cult atmosphere mm-hmm. and uh, left as soon as I could find something better. Wow, yeah, and that's and and that was something that I had written in my notes too about, you know, um masters that that have schools that have a cult mentality <laughs> to them. Uh but since we're since we're on that subject, um I remember years ago reading about um a master that literally had a huge picture of herself on the wall. Oh, and for the life of me, I forgot her name. It was a Korean art, but um, but I'm not going to name names, even if I remember her name. But huge picture, like uh, like a, like the size of a wall, basically, mm-hmm. on the wall, and you had to you had to bow to the picture at the beginning and end of every class, and you had to sing a song about this master. <laughs> it, it was like a little oh, marching. Yeah, it was a little marching song, you know, and you had to march and sing this song, you know. <laughs> and oh gosh, for the life of me, I read it. I read it in Black Belt magazine years and years and years ago. And I'm, for the life of me, I forgot her name, but I'll watch. I'll remember at three o'clock in the morning tonight. Of <laughs> yeah, of course. And both of you were going to get text messages from me going, "I remember now." <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like. But I have to like look at that and go, what's going on with that? You know, yeah, and everyone. You know, um, for instance, you know, um, a lot of the Korean arts, um, you know, were organized around military principles. I mean, wasn't it uh, General Cho that uh, actually mm-hmm. created modern Kondo? And it mm-hmm. was designed as something, um, you know, for teaching military recruits uh, to a large extent. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, you look at Chinese martial arts, and I think uh, there's a much greater uh, degree of individuality there. And Filipino martial arts, uh, for the most part, it's 
not really structured uh, at all in the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. You could say uh, the growth of Korean martial arts worldwide has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, it had the uh, backing of the Korean government and the military and that mm-hmm. they were, you know, supporting people who were being sent out to different countries to start uh, national organizations. And so they had that kind of model to work from. And, um, and again, we're getting into politics here, whereas um, Filipino martial arts tend to be, um, with the exception of, you know, a few groups like um, known as Modern Arnis, Dose Paris, mm-hmm. and Tirsi, those are kind of like the three big organizations, but they're by no means the majority of people who practice those arts. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going back to the idea of mastery, um, you know, does it just mean that you're, you know, just, you know, the head of a very, you could be the head of a very small clique or just, what, the baddest person in your neighborhood? Um, I don't know if I'm getting a little far off topic on that. But, oh, no, um, no, you're, you're, you're still on topic. <laughs> <laughs> As far as, you know, when I started out, and I've, I've been in martial arts for 40-something years, um, mm-hmm. you know, grandmasters used to be about as rare as hen's teeth. You know, I don't yeah. think I ever saw or met a grandmaster until I'd probably been like, you know, 15, 20 years in the arts. Nowadays, it seems if I go to a, a martial arts party, I'm the lowest-ranking person there. <laughs> you know, everyone's, <laughs> well, everyone's mm-hmm. at least a step degree black belt. They're all masters or grandmasters. Um, actually, um, something you brought up a little earlier um, about, you know, sixth degree. This, I think you were talking about Kakoi's system. You could be sixth degree, mm-hmm. but not recognized as a master. Um, Aikido, in my mind, always has had a very kind of a logical ranking system. And mm-hmm. um, you can be a seventh degree in Aikido and not be a Shihan. But you have to be at least a seventh degree to be considered a shihan, and I believe mm-hmm. shihan translates as a master instructor. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's kind of a dual track in some of these systems between being an experienced practitioner versus recognition for teaching, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, well, considering the Grandmaster Kakoe uh, was also uh, a black belt in Aikido, um, I'm going to guess that that's kind of where that particular uh, ranking thing came from, where you can be a sixth degree until you're blue in the face, but until he gives you that title, you're just a sixth degree, <laughs> you know, um, which is, you know, which which I find very, you know, logical. Um, otherwise, there'd be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, you know, masters and grandmasters out there. Um, you know, and I, yeah, and uh, well, look at Kajiko. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. knows grandmasters there are in that system. I mean, it's, it's granted, it's a very large worldwide system, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, there are so many different divisions and branches within it. I mean, I know mm-hmm. people who are that rank in there, and I don't think they can answer that question, right. Right, I I don't know either. <laughs> I'm in it. It's like what's going on, <laughs> and yeah, and, and you're, yeah, and it's like you know you can be. All I know is is that you can be considered a, a sijo of your branch, right? So you know if you if you you know come up with 
of brands. Like, for example, like uh, Sifu Alta Cascos, you know, he founded One Hop Kendo under Kajukembo. Right. So technically he's considered Sijo of the branch, but mm-hmm. in comparison to the bigger whole, he's, you know, um, and to his own students, he just prefers people to call him Sifu, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, sometimes I've heard, I've heard him uh, be referred to by other students as Sigong, depending on where under the family tree they fall. But he just yeah. prefers, just call me Sifu, whatever, you know. <laughs> He's not all caught up in that master, grandmaster, professor, you know. Um, he holds the title of professor, but, you know, he isn't caught up in it. <laughs> it's 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 wild, though. Most of the people that I meet who are at that level, they're actually, you know, pretty down to earth. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, um, I've I've made it for many many years. Just you know, it's my habit that I just address people in a friendly manner by their name, and they just seem to mm-hmm. respond to it very naturally. Um, sure, you mm-hmm. you heard of Al Novak, and mm-hmm. you know, he was one of those that you know, people would call Supreme Grandmaster or whatever, and mm-hmm. I would always say, hey, Al, how are you doing? Good to see you. And he, he loved it. He was good with that. Back oh, years ago, when I, was, when I went to the Philippines, 1989, I remember Richard Bastillo um, talking about titles and rank, and mm-hmm. I heard Daniel Osanto um, has said the same things that Richard said, and what, what he said was that the highest title to aspire to is your own name because mm. that's what was, that's your identity. You own that, and no one takes that away from you. That's you. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, there's another saying that goes around, which is, um, you know, fame is something that must be won. Honor is something that must not be lost. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that when it comes to you know your own name, you always want to you know try and keep it you know as clean as possible that you know exactly. it's respectable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you know, in my own school, um, I don't really have a school. I teach um, informally. I'm one of those guys who does backyard and park these days. It's those are the really best schools. <laughs> those are the best. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and my students, they call me Jeff, and that's fine with me. And some in some schools, they think that maybe that doesn't show the proper kind of respect. Again, the first cult-type school that I went to, everyone was Mr. So-and-so. You had no idea what rank they were because anyone that had a red belt on was an instructor, and they might have been there a month, only a month before you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know... I, I, I don't feel at all disrespected if my students call me by my name uh, because we understand that, you know, I have certain skills or knowledge that they want to learn and develop, and, uh, and it's a sharing experience. Um, and quite frankly, I found over the years that very often uh, I learned some of my best lessons from, from the beginners. You know, they might make a mistake mm-hmm. in something, happened years ago um, when I was teaching Kempo before I ever got into Filipino martial arts. Um, we had a student come in one day and he did a technique wrong and my gosh, it worked better than the one that was, you know, in the syllabus that we were teaching. And I took, <laughs> this is the variation that uh, my student came up with and my teacher took one look at it and said, we're doing it that way from now on. That's I, awesome. You know, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. awesome. 
Oh, it and looks like we have another caller. So, Guru Jeff, uh, do you want to continue joining us with this conversation? Because you're um, welcome I to. Can, oh, yeah, I think I, well, I can stay on the phone. That's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's go ahead and take this call. Um, this is area code 704. 704, you're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hey, this is Professor Pat McDaniel or Mr. McDaniel or Mr. Pat McDaniel. <laughs> how you doing? Nice to hear from right. you. Yeah, how are you guys? How are you guys? Really good. Really good. Awesome, awesome. Right on. Well, so we're, we are talking about what is a master anyway. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I, I kind of came in. At the very end, and I've, I've got to say, uh, I'm not sure what the what the gentleman's name was that, that just finished talking, but I am just so in tune with a lot of things he said, you know, mm-hmm. from what I call. I am so in tune with that. I was, In fact, I was glad to hear him uh, tell the story about learning from beginners, and sometimes, you, you know, I call it the growth of a technique. You know, the way he mm-hmm. explained it, I call it the growth of a technique, because you can be doing a technique, for a particular way for, for many years. And then all of a sudden uh, a beginner comes up and makes a mistake and does it another way, and you look at it, you try it, and it feels better. That's the growth of a technique. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to keep doing something and find a better way. I was glad to hear him say that because I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, is, anyway. uh, that is Jeff Finder and uh, Jeff Meet Pat, Pat McDaniels, and uh, yay. Facebook friends, go for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is because it's like you know what you know what really uh, gets my goat, so to speak, is that you know when you go into these types of schools with that cult mentality, where the master, quote unquote, refuses to recognize the 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 working of a technique from a beginner, you know, or a master that gets right. all pissed off because a beginner manages to score on the master while they're sparring or something like that, you know, and it's kind of like, where does this ego come from? And, you know, is there some rule book somewhere where when you get to be a master rank that you have to like have a ego to go with it? I don't, I never understood where some of this, you know, behavior comes from. <laughs> a lot of it. A lot of it is just it's just really having, you know, a, a lot of trial behind what you're doing. You know, if you're going to be a teacher, like I don't mind being called a teacher. And many years ago, I was a Cecil because that was my promotion. And I have students right now that still call me Cecil, and I don't stop them. I don't stop mm-hmm. them and say, I'm, I'm not a Cecil anymore. That's, you know, and I, I say it that way because I have, I have uh, witnessed some, some instructors that would do that. Well, I'm not a mm. Cecil anymore. I'm now a Seagong or I, I'm not professor. You know, if I'm called seafood, I'm a seafood because I still mm-hmm. teach. You know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> there is a there is a degree of the relationship between the teacher and the structure that instructor that might uh, have a position as far as how personal is the relationship between the instructor and the student, or is he really respected as the instructor, and is he really looking at what you have to offer him as being something of value? You know, so right. if you're dressed as Mr. or Sifu or Professor or whatever, you know, then you know that they are looking at you as a teacher and not just, hey, that's my boy right there. You know, boom, bam, bam. Right. Uh, you know, so there's certain ways to look at it. You know, but I am definitely uh, one of those open cats that as long as, as you look at me as the teacher, 
and just feel like I have something valuable to, to teach you and to tell you about, then, man, let's make it. Let's make this thing rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Bob, what, do you, what, what, what are your thoughts on all this uh, cool discussion that we're having? Bob? Bob? <laughs> Bob. <laughs> let, me, let, let me take it off, off mute, I guess. Uh, no, everybody's <laughs> right, right on. There are no egos here. I, I think this is a great discussion going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, let's have let's have a bigger party with this. So, listeners out there, if you're just now seeing this uh seeing the link to our show on Facebook, give us a call 347-677-0699. We currently have Jeff Finder and uh, Pat McDaniels joining us and we're uh we're just having a good time <laughs> talking about what is a master anyway. Um now, let's uh let's kind of backtrack a little bit and uh and uh, go over some of the, I guess, the stereotypes of master. Because, 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 you know, believe it or not, there are people out there that do believe that, you know, you, you have to be some wizened old guy with like a four-foot-long beard sitting at the top of a mountain or something like that, you know, to be a master and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I kind of beg to differ that, you know, masters can come in all shapes and sizes and doesn't necessarily have to be in martial arts and, and stuff like that. So I'm curious as to what our listeners and um, our guests on, on the phone with us right now, um, I'm interested in, in seeing what types of stereotypes that you guys have heard about about martial arts or masters. So so that was one that I've read that, you know, the wizened old man at the top of the mountain. That's uh that's a stereotype I've heard. What about you guys? You know, well, if I, I can put something in uh in response to what was just said a few moments ago. Um mm-hmm. I had a my my old Tai Chi instructor was uh John Wong and he came up through Kempo and Kajikembo, um, married Ed Parker's niece and so forth. Uh, so he was he was very well connected. And uh he created his own uh system of Tai Chi from his grandfather. And mm-hmm. how he described it is he said, I'm just the bus driver. He said, mm. you know, we're all on the we're all traveling together and I'm just the guy driving the bus. And I thought that was such a great attitude. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. That that is that is a cool attitude. And one of the important things I learned from him is he said some people um, are students and they always remain students. And I'm sure we've seen that people that always go from one school to the next, thinking there's mm-hmm. one more technique they need to complete themselves. And mm-hmm. there's other people who, um, and this gets more into the ego thing, they they always have had that desire to be the teacher, and once they get there, it's like their word is law, and they're only the teacher. Right. So the, but you know, John's attitude was that it's the ones who can go back and forth, the teacher who can become the student and then bring it back into the teacher role. He's a translator that provides mm-hmm. knowledge to his students, and I always kind of like that idea of being able to go back and forth and to translate. You know, whatever I mm-hmm. learn, my students benefit from. And um, and I, you know, just yesterday I went and dropped in 
um, on a seminar uh, that was being conducted here in the Bay Area. And I was just there to drop off a few things, but just uh, just hanging out and watching for a few minutes. I mean, it was just beautiful, and I love being in that atmosphere. And it has nothing to do with, you know, me being someone that has to be recognized. Uh, I, I'm actually happy just walking in the door and being anonymous. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, anyway, I throw in that little bit about the bus driver. That was really you know, the point. I there. love it. I, abs- I absolutely love it. I am just the bus driver. I, I love like it. That. <laughs> I like yeah, that. that. I know. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 pulls a, that pulls a lot of great analogies in my head. That's awesome. <laughs> you know what? I read, uh, I read long ago, um, and I forgot exactly where I got it from, but you know, I gather a lot of information sometimes, and I get excited about it, and I write it down, and I use it. And I've been teaching it for many years, and I've grown to have a, a greater understanding about, you know, what I read then. But uh, I use the, the, the lesser isn't the greater. So when you want to talk about, you know, uh, what a master is, or, you know, what a chief instructor is, or a professor, whatever, um, if you have time behind what you're doing, uh, if you have lessons, if you have stories behind what you're doing, and if you're able to listen and watch for, for an hour, Check this out. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. You can listen for an hour and have a minute of a good lesson and good advice. Then you've got grand experience. You know, Uh, Mm. some can't listen for an hour because they don't know how to. They don't have the time to know what to listen to. They don't have the time to know what Mm -hmm. to look at and how to dissect it and how to analyze it and really make it work for an individual student. Did you hear what I said? An individual student. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you teach a group all one thing the same way, I'm not sure about that. You know, yeah. no, no two people are the same. So have enough time and experience and wisdom, if you will, to be able to watch them and listen to them and find out what works for them as individuals, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, there's a lot to being a good instructor or a wise instructor or a master. And mainly it's just time and dedication mm-hmm. Your heart involved in what you're doing. You know? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think, Bob? No, no, he's absolutely right. Absolutely hmm. right. I totally agree with what uh, Professor McDaniel was saying. Mm-hmm. Now, so speaking of, uh, you know, being able to be open enough to, to, teach the individual student as opposed to teaching, you know, the same thing to the masses and and having, like, possibly an attitude of, my word is law, (laughs) 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 you know, know, that type of thing. Um, You know, I've found that that attitude of my word is law, you know, carries over into just organizations themselves. I forget how many months ago, a few months ago, I came upon uh, a quote that I actually heard on the radio about uh, why there are politics. <laughs> and the, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, this this quote, but the guy said, the reason why there's politics is whenever you have an organization, when the members of the organization lose sight of the vision of the founder, there's going to be politics. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, that's that's a perfect way to 
to describe that. And I, you know, I took that quote and I just kind of overlaid it over the martial art community. And I went, okay, so there's a ton of politics going on. You've got like masters bickering back and forth about who deserves to be where they're at and whose rank is higher than whose and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Who's, who's the next in line and all this other kind of crap. Right. Um, and, and it makes me wonder, do, and this is, this is within one style. This is within one organization where people are like bickering back and forth and backstabbing and, you know, talking out of the sides of their mouths about other people. And I go, oh my gosh, what was the original vision of the founder of that style? And, you know, have some people lost sight of that? You know, what, what are your, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Oh my God! You can see that happening right in right in the room. Um, probably back around 1980, I went to a um, um, city yoga with Muktananda. He was visiting the Bay Area, and mm-hmm. so I went to a session there. It was like a packed kind of an auditorium, and his energy was great. But all the people around him just seemed so petty. And, I mean, you could just see that they were all trying to position themselves for, you know, to be noticed by him and to show that they were, you know, doing, you know, what the organization wanted. And it really uh-huh. had nothing to do with that he was preaching or how he was presenting himself. And, uh, you know, somewhat similarly, uh, Angel Cabalas used to have an organization. Um, and then he, um, a year or two before he passed away, he disbanded it. And mm-hmm. when I asked him why, he simply said, because I can't make my students get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have to to what degree um, is the person in charge actually in control? I mean, exactly. the only selves and the behavior of others, you know, you can you can maybe tell them, you know, that's not appropriate if you're representing my organization. But a lot uh-huh. of people don't do that. They just don't mm-hmm. want things to happen in their name, and then they distance themselves from the repercussions of those actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which exactly. I think is actually has harmed to the organization, but you know, perhaps they don't, you know, just take the want to take the responsibility, or they, maybe they have less control over the people under them than they would like to believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I I was in a similar situation. It was well, it was not necessarily martial arts related but it was i went to a uh, a big qigong convention of sorts and um the uh and it it, it was an attractive uh thing in the sense that it was only 99 dollars for the weekend right and it made its tour throughout the whole united states they were in like florida and new york and somewhere in the midwest and they finally came to seattle and i'm like okay i'm gonna go check this out um and the the instructor I'd never seen or heard of before, but there were literally like 5,000 people crammed into this uh, convention center for this particular convention. I'm thinking, holy crap, you know, and we're all like jammed into the biggest uh, ballroom or convention room that we could have. And there were like yoga mats everywhere and stuff because because we needed those and stuff. And we were we were up front, and I looked behind me, and I, I swear to God, it looked like looked like Woodstock, it seemed like, right? And I was like, okay, all right. And I realized that, you know, the exercises that were being taught 
were just the teacher's personal interpretation of, you know, right. the old older Qigong exercises that, um, you know, many Qigong practitioners already know, right? It was just his interpretation, and he named them something different and right. and made something secret that, you know, and he's like, this is secret, and this and that and the other. And I'm like, that's funny. I learned it like five years ago. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't tell anybody. I shouldn't tell anyone because the lightning will strike me, according to this guy, right? And right. I, I started. I, it started out being an okay uh, convention, you know, with the learning and stuff. But then, then the cult mentality started to to happen. The the other instructors did the same thing, um, as you experienced, Jeff. Was that the there were like at least twenty instructors there. Now, when I say instructors, I mean people that decided to pay like three hundred dollars to train for a weekend, and then they're an instructor. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. And right. Uh, and some of these people, you know, I mean, the organization itself of this particular guy isn't all that old. I'd say maybe at the time, three years old. Right. So <laughs> so you might have these instructors that have been teaching for three years. Right. But they're carrying themselves like they're uber enlightened, you know, guru, I know it all, you know, I'm one with the universe type thing, right? They had this like air about them that was like looking down their nose at people that didn't have the same understanding as they did. Um, and they were all positioning themselves to be closer to this guy. And, and you know, uh, they were all wearing headsets too. So they were all trying to chime in with like these, um, uh, I call them prescribed um uh, uh, sayings or whatever, they'd all like say like the same stuff, and and I was just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Hey, Rusty. Like, yep. Are you yep. sure you weren't at a Tony Robbins seminar? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, it, was Tony Robbins <laughs> it wasn't a Tony Robbins seminar. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I've never been to one of those. Is that what those are like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loud headsets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, for for a crowd that big, you're going to need a headset and you know the big screen and the you know uh, presentation yeah. stuff like that. But but I was I bumped my friend and I said, man, this is getting kind of creepy, right? <laughs> and and then and then, well, it gets better, gentlemen. Um, then like on the second day. The second day, um, it turned into preaching. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm all for, you know, uh, you know, hey, you know, if, if you know, if you want to be religious, knock yourself out. I'm all for freedom of religion. But, you know, this guy's preaching to like 5,000 people. And I'd look behind me and I can I can tell that a lot of people were like, really hip on it everyone's like i i swear to gosh i was like at a like at woodstock or something you know it was like <laughs> oh my gosh and that was it you know i bumped my friend and i said okay we you know how about we just go to lunch and just not come back <laughs> and 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 we didn't and, and it was and um but we had to come back because i forgot my yoga mat and my friend decided to decided to call this guy out on one thing, right? Because uh, he said something like, you know, this country was founded on the principles that God 
wanted us to have or something like that, right? And my friend, my friend kind of goes, oops, sorry, my, yeah, feedback. My friend, you know, um, said, okay, let's just go say goodbye. At least let's be respectful, right? So we went and said goodbye, and she said, oh, I just wanted to point out that this country technically was not founded by, you know, founded on that premise, that kind of thing, right? And, uh, you know, this whole thing on the back of the dollar bill. And that was the other thing. He was, like, talking about the stuff on the back of a dollar bill <laughs> and stuff oh, like that. Wow. Like, wow. Oh. And junk like that, right? And um, and he he just kind of, like, he he changed himself, actually, because he was, you know, when we said goodbye, he was he was actually, like, a person. He wasn't some big grandmaster or something like that. But then when she said that, in in other words, put herself in this position where she was quote unquote questioning him. He literally changed. He stood up straighter and literally like tilted his head up and looked down his nose at her and mm-hmm. said, well, thank you for letting me know your thoughts. And thank you for letting me know who you really are. Wow. Exactly. In that tone. Right. And I went, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> I was disgusted at this point. I'm like, well, 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 wait a minute, you know, I, you know, as a teacher, you know, I would think that you would welcome, you know, the thoughts of a quote unquote student. And he's like, oh, I welcome, I welcome all opinions, but you know, that's not to say that all of them are correct. I'm like, okay, we're gone. We're leaving. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? And and yeah, and unfortunately, a couple other friends went uh, in other states went to the same convention because it made its tour, and then they uh, emailed me and goes, "Wasn't it you that said something about this convention?" Because I just went to it, and I'm like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" And I'm like, "I told you, it's like you know, you put a little bit of ego and money into mm-hmm. this." Because, you know, 5,000 people, 100 bucks per person on top of sales of DVDs and stuff like that, that's a lot of money, you know. Um, I'm, like, thinking to myself, I'm, like, you put politics in it, you put ego, and you put money in it, and it's going to take the word master and put it right to their heads. And it it, it was so sad, and, you know, I'm sorry that it was such a long, drawn-out story, but I just kind of wanted to you know, make a point on the on the enormity of this guy's ego. I was just like, oh, my God, you're going to, like, make up something out of something that already existed and, like, make it secret that now I got to pay you $300 if I want to teach this? I'm leaving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, rant over. Yep. I feel better now. <laughs> Going back <sighs> to the whole idea. The acolytes, uh, you know, the most fanatical <laughs> people in organizations very often are the new converts. You know, uh, you're talking about people who think they know everything because, oh, right. you know, they've just, they've just seen the light and it's, it's so bright and overwhelming to them. And of course, this is where cult leaders, you know, control because, you know, these people, you know, their minds are, are open to whatever you want to put in there and, and, and they're vulnerable. Um, right. And it kind of goes, I said much earlier, it's like, you know, when I actually, you know, am around people who have been doing something for a very long time, um, you know, they seem to be much more grounded. They've gotten past that. You know, I mean, it's like, 
just my own personal experience, you know, I, I'm sure I was, you know, pretty insufferable, you know, when I was coming up and thinking that I had all the answers. And now it's like, uh, the older I get, the less I know, but it makes me more open to appreciating what I see from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I, if I go to a seminar or, you know, a martial art event, um, you know, m- much of what I see, I've seen before. And, that's I'm, I'm not bragging about it. It's just you know you're around long enough, you become familiar yeah. with what's warm. Um, mm-hmm. I find it, but I find if I spend a weekend and I get one thing of value out of it, it was enormously successful for me. Yes. But you know it's humbling to think that you know it's uh, there's a lot to sift through to be able to appreciate that one thing. And mm-hmm. uh, people are you know really vying for that position very often um, they can't separate, you know, the, you know, the, what's of value from, you know, from all the fluff that goes around. Right. They're just, they're just, they're kind of buying into the whole big picture. Um, and, and yeah, it, they, and they get pumped up on it. I mean, how many people actually remember things that they learn when they go to seminars? You know, you pay exactly. all that money. <laughs> train and a week later can you do any of it can does how much of it sticks and that's why i find mm-hmm. you know if i focus on just that one little nuance of something uh, it make, gives me that aha moment um mm-hmm. that's something i'll remember and so I, I try to look for the little things um but yeah it's mm-hmm. all acolyte yeah. mentality you find that in any organization i mean big business uh, corporations Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a universal human condition, I think. Yeah, wow. in, in a in a way, I want to say it's that's unfortunate <laughs> that it's a human condition. I mean, I'm all I'm all for seeing the light, but oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, and and dealing with people that are in still in that uh, frame of mind, where you know, like. Like just a small example, I'm going to turn the mic over to to Sifu Robert. Um, I've met a few instructors where uh, they haven't been teaching for all that for all that long, yet they themselves like in the same shoes, I guess, as people that have taught or have studied and put in their blood, sweat, and tears for like 50 years. They'll put right. themselves on that same right. on that same plane. And, you know, and they'll talk to those people as if, I don't, I can't even explain, but they'll talk to those people as if they are on the same level. And it, it, and in situations like that, I always do not know what to say. I almost want to just backhand these people and go, what are you doing? (laughs) But on on the same token, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, you know, I have to like, remember that, okay, they're new, they're, they're excited. Um, you know, this is their passion and they're really passionate about it. Okay. All the power to them. But, you know, I, sometimes I wonder if they even realize what they're doing and, you know, is, and is that true mastery of their craft? That's, that's the question that I have for those people. Is that mastery when you have no idea, you know, how you are, um, you know, being with other people and how you're presenting yourself and how you're applying your discipline? Um, 
But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to turn that, the mic over to Bob because I've been talking a lot. <laughs> that, that's actually, Rusty, a very good and very valid point. And people don't understand. If you if, if you haven't reached first Dan or probably more like second or third, don't even bother talking to me. Now, that sounds like an egotistical, but you haven't earned the right yet uh, to express your opinions. Uh, on certain subjects. I mean, I'm not talking about asking questions or or right. or giving some options. I'm talking about the big picture. Uh, there, there's just a lot of egos, a lot of backbiting. Do, do you know, Rusty, that, and Michelle will laugh at that, and she's listening, that there are two gentlemen, of course, I won't mention any names, that if, if this event happening next weekend, Battle for Blood, one of the guys says, if anybody goes to this event, you're banned from my event. And is oh, wow. posting this. He looks like a moron. Wow. He looks like a little child. And then there hey, was wait, a, who, another guy. Wait, who posted what? what? Who posted what? Who Somebody posted, posted on Facebook that says, anybody goes to Battle for Blood, I'm banning them. Because him and the promoter had a falling out. And there's another guy that's been calling San Diego school saying, don't go to this guy's tournament because they also had a falling out. Oh, oh wow. God. Now it's petty. Yeah. <laughs> petty, very childish, very ego-driven. Uh, do, do you guys experience things like that? I know, now, now, Jeff, you and I are, I mean, you're in Northern California. I'm in Southern. Patrick, you're in, you're in uh, the boonies out in uh, North Carolina. Uh, do you guys... <laughs> do, you, do, do you guys get... Crap like that. That is just now. This, yeah. this, well, for example, this one guy called me up from Arizona or from up north by you, Jeff, and said, "You know, I've got this guy bad mouthing me on your on your page. Can you do something?" And I said, "No, but do not answer him. Do not even acknowledge his existence. He'll go away. If you acknowledge their existence, they're just going to keep at you and keep at you." What do you right. guys feel about that? I agree. I agree with it. I agree with it. Uh, um, what is it? The, the the lion doesn't lose sleep over the opinion of a sheep, you know. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like we yeah, have another always... caller. Let's see. Let's uh, go ahead and add this caller in, and then we'll get back to Guru Jeff. So area code 619. 619, you're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Uh, can, you take a, can you take a big guess? I, I I could I I could uh, do you want fries with that one? I figured he's going to have a drive-through order. My ears were burning like you wouldn't know. Hi, yeah, Alan. How are you? I'm good. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Alan Woodman out here in San Diego. Um, I I just I just called into the show. I I remember that it was your show. Uh, we're actually driving home. We're almost back home here, and uh, maybe. 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, we'll be back home uh, from L.A. We were in L.A. at uh, Shuni B's uh, uh, New Chocolate Seminar at, held at uh, Arnott's Tempo School uh, on oh, cool. uh, uh, Fair Oaks uh, Avenue in Pasadena today. Beautiful school, by the way. And uh, Shuni put on a great Shuni put on a great seminar. But we're just driving back, and uh, my ears were turning red, and we were on fire. <laughs> And I and I just called into the show, and I just caught this uh, part of the conversation where you're talking about uh, people, you know, being banned if you know if they come to my event. 
With, <laughs> Looks like there's going to be a I'm lot really of bad sorry. people. Here, here's the thing. I'm really sorry. I have to apologize to Frank Dukes, Doug Wong, Eric Lee, Shuni B, PJ uh, Storm, Bob Steele, uh, Stephen Lambert, I'm sorry, uh, Lambert Chun, uh, who else? I have to apologize to everybody. They're going to, if they come to my event, they're going to get banned from another event. So I apologize for that. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do. I mean that. I'm so sorry. Um, but, you know, I've, uh, a lot of you guys know, you know, it's been it's been an ongoing thing for about a year now. And and the one individual, by the way, that's posting this um, and calling, oh, I should tell you that. I'll tell you this in a second. But, but the one person that's doing this, by the way, is a person I don't even know. Oh, wow. <laughs> the person I don't know. I was invited to this person's school by this person. When I showed up to their t- at their the time they requested at the address they sent to me an hour previously, he locked his door and ran out the back door, hopped in his car, and raced off. Wow. That is not, wow. There's witnesses to this. This is not an exaggeration. So uh, this is the same person who ends up, you know, Facebooking me and calling me coward. And I'm saying, well, that's funny. I went to your school and you ran out the back door. So, okay, I'm the coward. I understand. Go ahead. <laughs> so, look, this guy, I have blocked this guy, unfriended this guy. I've done everything I could to, you know, I've had other people talk to him, you know, and, and he did, you know, a bipolar comes to mind. But, <laughs> but to, to be dead honest with you, this is a person I don't know. I don't communicate with this person at all, zero. I have no connection to this person whatsoever. So why he's saying this, I have no idea. Now, the other well, half of that group, the other half of that group that I do know, um, you know, he, he, this person calls me up and says, oh, I'm your buddy, and then turns around and literally calls school and says, don't go to, your, go to, go to his event. Um, that's a bad thing. You know, oh, so, my gosh. Now, how petty. Now you want to know how how petty. Hold on, guys. How, now, hold on. Now, hold on. It gets worse because this is where I, I oh, actually no. am now, I'm actually consulting with an attorney. I have to at this point. There have been police reports and charges filed with the police. Right. Oh, no. I've, I've had to do that. I've, had, I've actually had threats against me and my family. Uh, it's it, 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 I'm not kidding you. I've got the actual official police report file. Now, here's the thing. Here, here's the biggest thing. Recently, the hotel that I was at that I'm renting out for the facility for the tournament, mm-hmm. which is the beautiful Town & Country Hotel uh, at 500 Hotel Circle, they have a beautiful we're, – we're renting out the Pacific Ballroom. It's a beautiful, huge ballroom. And then we also have the Palm Rooms for the seminars. And, uh, you know, everything's going great. We've already paid for the event in full. So, you know, not, nothing's going on. There's no nothing going on. So, but that, my, my uh, the director of my program, the, the woman who's taking care of me at the, the hotel, actually did tell me that this particular person called the hotel, her, told them that they shouldn't rent to me. I'm a con artist, a scammer, a fake, a fraud, and la, 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 la. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're now talking to attorneys because, you know, I I think that's kind of overboard. You know, Mm -hmm. my, you know, 
this is an event. I'm I put probably close to five thousand dollars into this event already. Right. It's still a few thousand dollars out. You know, and it's so, a charity. Yeah. So. It's a and it's a charity event too. That's the thing. It's a charity event for the Hemophilia Foundation of Southern California. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you know they're just they're just hurting everybody else, and of course they're hurting themselves. So. But that the bite. fact remains that that's how that's how crazy it gets. This is how crazy it gets, guys. This is how crazy it gets. Trying to make a yeah. reputation off of yours. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. That? yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who's, who's, who's other voice was on here? I heard it. That was uh, Guru Jeff Finder. Oh, hey, Jeff. How you doing? I, I didn't recognize the voice. I'm wow. <laughs> okay. So everybody confirmed we had one person that backed out of our seminar list, but uh, it, it was it was no fault of his own, and, and you know, we left him off. We got him off. Let him off the hook. Uh, Mark Chu, who had concerned with this, when we originally contacted him, uh, we said, hey, I told him, hey, we're throwing a tournament and it's going to be for Hemophilia uh, fundraiser, and he was all aboard. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Mark and I are really good friends, so it's not a problem. And mm-hmm. and then we reconfirmed with him, and then we started hearing stories from these people telling people, oh, Mark Chewy's not coming, and Frank Dukes is not coming, and Eric Lee's not coming, it's all lies, and so I had to go back and reconfirm with all these people again. All right. So, wow. So, uh, Boy, this Mark whoever Chewy, this is really has it out for you. Well, <laughs> again, again, this is a person I don't know. Right, that's so weird. I mean, again, it, it's pettiness. Pettiness. Yeah, no, it, no one's gonna come to my event if we on. go if people go to if people go to Alan's event, no one's gonna come to mine. Yeah, wine, yeah, wine, 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 wine. Didn't, didn't oh my Johnny God. do that in the third grade? I think Johnny yeah. did that in the third grade. Yeah. But, <laughs> but now, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we reconfirmed, and everyone, and, and then some, and I'll tell you some names in a second, but everyone and then some, you know, uh, confirmed. Mark Shuey confirmed, and then even a third time reconfirmed. And the day after he reconfirmed for the third time, Believe it or not, he called me up and prophetically apologized because what he had forgotten was that there was a friend that lives roughly 20, 30 minutes away that's having a tournament, and he promised his friend that he would come to the tournament. And he had just mm. forgotten about it and said okay to me three times, but then, you know, just, then his friend contacted him and said, hey, don't forget about my tournament, and it's like the same day. So, but, oh. yeah, you know, this is how, but this is how Mark even made up for it. He said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I can't go. Really, really? Um, I'm gonna. That he said, I can't come. I'm really sorry. It's 20 minutes away, and you're five hours away. And I promised my friend before your event. So, and I and I told him. I said, Hey, I understand. It's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. He's sending his number one student, Brian Salinas, all the way from Oakland, California, to come down and do the seminar in his in his place. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. So you're you're gonna get the Kane Master Kane Kane Food System seminar from his top student, so you can't go wrong with that, to be honest with you. you know? That works that out. And right I on. It happened. But everybody else, everyone else, we Frank is right now in Russia, and he reconfirmed, um, and uh, he's coming actually with uh, his, uh, his uh, significant other, uh, mm-hmm. who's a lovely young lady. And, um, uh, and then Eric also confirmed that He's coming Sunday. He's confirmed for Sunday, 
but he's going to call me this week to confirm if he can also attend Saturday as well. So we might have them both days. Um, some, cool. extra people, some extra people on our lineup, of course. Paul Tang is coming from Italy, flying in from Italy. He'll be here on Wednesday, actually, and we're going to go sightseeing him with him. We're going to take him around the, the city, you know, um, for a couple of days before. And then um, uh, Les Kirsnowski from uh, uh, New Jersey, uh, Jane and John Casterline from Long Island, Kathy Chapati from Austin, Texas. Grant Miller from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Richard Dixon from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> Airfan Tip from Las Vegas. Ah, the list is so long. But we got other people like Michelle Mono. Michelle Mono is coming down. Johnny Ray Gaska is coming down and probably going to be airing his uh, the new trailer for his movie, The Gathering. Um, Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying. I can't even keep up with everybody. Who's, who's, uh, oh, another one, uh, Master Master Barry Barker, who's uh, one of, uh, one of the students of um, of of course Grandmaster uh, Ed Parker Senior. Um, oh, and uh-huh. he's doing a tempo seminar at, on Sunday. He's actually coming down. Uh, he's in Poway, and his school is supporting us. And he's coming down, so he's going to be doing a seminar. So he's a great guy. Um, oh man, I I really just I start to lose track of wow. so many people, and the event is turning out so well. We're expecting about we're expecting about two hundred competitors for the tournament, which oh that's pretty which cool. Is good. Yeah, it's not that's a huge turnout, cool. but that it's not a huge tournament, but it's a really good tournament where every division is going to have people in it, and it's not one person getting the trophy because he was the only one showed up. <laughs> right. Um, it, you know, it'll be a competition, and you know, and, and, and I'm happy to do it. And the original plan of this was that uh, uh, was, of course, that that we wanted to, you know, build a little bit more community here in San Diego where we live. So right. And we thought, you know, that's a good way to do it. So when I started putting the tournament together, I was talking to uh, my friend Jim Thomas and Frank Dukes, and I talked to them today. I'm doing this tournament stuff, and and then I thought about it, and I got this. I, I got a really good deal on on the space and the facility and all this. And and I said, you know what? Why don't we just all in? I'm just throwing it all in. So we decided oh. that we would make it a second day seminar day, and then we were going to add the awards because of Sidekick Publications, our company. And the awards are now. Here's this is what's going to kill you because here's the first. This is not a Hall of Fame dinner whatsoever. None, zero. We are only issuing I, I awards. Hate, I hate a, to cut. In, I hate to cut in Sheehan, but we've only got yeah. five minutes left. And um, yeah, I'd love to talk more about this. In fact, uh, I think we've, there's already like some information on the Dynamic Dojo okay. Facebook page. We're going to post that. Yeah. Uh, but I want to give the mic okay. over to Guru Jeff Finder because uh, he okay. had something that he wanted to talk about before we ended. So I'm just going well, to cut thank it there. You guys for letting me, thanks for letting me rant. I love you guys all. Thank you so much. And <laughs> next uh, Sunday, Bob Deal's doing a live show at the event. So We're that'll be cool. Awesome. Right. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you, guys. you bet. Be good. Thanks. Thanks, you too. Bye. All right. Gur Jeff, the mic is yours. <laughs> oh, I just, it was just a brief comment uh, that, you know, I've trained um, different instructors in, some, in different systems, and I'm very grateful that, you know, every instructor that I've 
I've spent time with, just very open-minded. We uh, were playing other places and with other people. I mean, at one point, I was doing tempo with Super Al Thomas and Oak. I was doing Sigong and Wong up soon. There was an angel college out in Stockton. And, uh, and we all knew that I was with these other people, and none of them had any problems with it. And in fact, one of the things that uh, I enjoyed the most was actually like when these got to meet each other and uh, and actually spend time uh, watching each other teach and uh, and training with each other to some extent. And to me, like the real beauty, um, you know, in the art is is seeing people come together and you know be part of a community as as opposed mm-hmm. to creating an division. You know, and they were well, often different, exactly, but the value in what they were all doing. The same thing when um, when Angel Cabalas and Wally J met. Uh, I, I remember as each one was teaching, the other standing off on the side, just kind of nodding, going, "Yeah, that's good stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that's like you know where the art really shines when there's that kind of you know community and cooperation rather than the policy, um, such as what we were just hearing about. That. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's uh. You know, if anything, uh, Bob and I just hope that, you know, just discussing this on the air can get other martial arts to really, you know, think about, you know, what really is a master. And and if they are a master, you know, what are they doing to give back to the community instead of merely just trying to hold a place in the community, if you know what I mean. So, you know, um, I'm hoping that uh, every martial artist out there um, can think about their practice, can think about their um, their reasons for wanting to do martial arts. And because like you said earlier, Jeff, you know, not everyone gets into the martial arts with the plan, I'm going to be a grandmaster someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see that. Um, there's one other... Um, uh, Grandmaster Art Gonzalez is a friend of mine out in the Campo, which is near Stockton. And uh, he made a comment that uh, I thought was pretty good. Uh, he says, in other sports, what do they call people like us? And I looked at him, and he goes, coaches. He said, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like if you have some 20-year-old, he's at the with his physical abilities, and he's fast, and he's young, and he's strong, you know, how many, you know, older masters or grandmasters would actually – be able to compete with someone like that. And so when you get into the title, you know, is it really that you're the best at kicking butt, in, you know, or is it that you actually have something to share? Right. It, it's right. That really, you know, um, is a lot of what defines, you know, someone, you know, in the community, their ability to give back. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's a perfect, uh, perfect, uh, uh, paragraph, I guess, to end our show. That's perfect. Thank you for that, Gary Jeff. Well, we are running out of time. We are getting into the last seconds of our live broadcast, but I really want to thank you both, Gary Jeff and Professor Pat, for calling in and joining in on the conversation on just what is a master anyway. So, yeah, it was it was great. What do you think, Bob? Great show, eh? Great topic. Oh, it was an un- unbelievable show. I loved it. Loved the information. Loved the sharing, the suggestion. It was great. Very well, awesome. Love the me. stories that you had to uh, love the stories that you had to share. 
Dr. Jeff and Professor Pat, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Awesome. You guys have a wonderful rest of the evening and a great rest of the weekend. And listeners, tune in next week as we broadcast live from the Battle for Blood Tournament, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time. So we'll see everyone next time. Good night, everyone. Bye, Guru Jeff. Bye, Bob. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.